Out in the great snow-covered mountains and forests of northern Canada, the sounds of snow falling off of weighted limbs, the occasional chirp of a red-breasted nuthatch, or the lonely howl of a wolf, are all the sounds you may expect to hear. But sometimes the sounds of another creature can be heard during the coldest winter months. You may mistake it for the sounds of nature at first, but be very careful. If you're wrong, it can cost you your life. At first, it will sound like the whispering of the wind, but as it draws closer, it will become clear that it's laughter. Not just the laughter of someone who saw or heard something funny, but the laughter of madness, the laughter of evil. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week, we are discussing the Mahaha, a laughing demon from Inuit folklore. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com, such as Destination Terror, you can listen to a new episode every Thursday as I take you to horrifying destinations both real and mythical. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. You can now find Freaky Folklore videos on YouTube as well. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Off-grid, off-road, and nearly off-map, Denisha Provincial Park was a breathtaking winter paradise. Trina watched out the plane window in wonder at the magical beauty of the wilderness below, her excitement barely contained. As she stared down at the forest during their approach to the lake, she saw something running. It appeared so tiny from this distance that she couldn't make out what it was. Maybe a bear or a wolf, but no. As the plane continued to lower, she could tell that it had two legs. It looked like a man, but it was so strange. He didn't seem to be wearing any clothes. All she could really make out was long black hair, pale skin, and maybe a pair of tattered pants not exactly something you expected to see in this winter wilderness. The plane bumped and rocked, pulling Trina's attention away from the strange figure back to her approaching destination. She couldn't wait to get down there and take in the sights, sounds, and smells of the vast wilderness. Gwen would be waiting on her, with equal enthusiasm. Gwen was her best friend. They had met in college, where they were assigned the same dorm room at the beginning of their first year. Gwen was a bohemian naturalist. Some would call her a kind of hippie who had been raised in the wilderness of northern British Columbia. 
She was a free spirit, and Trina fell in love with her spirit right away. She herself had been raised more conservatively, and Gwen's way of thinking was relaxing, liberating even. Gwen had inherited several hundred acres and a small cabin in the Denisha Park area. She and her fiancé, Jasper, had begun renovating the cabin and then adding on to it over time. But they hadn't been able to live there full-time until recently, when the cabin was finally finished and loose ends were tied up in the city. The next business at hand was their wedding that would be taking place in a few days, the reason for Trina's visit. And then Gwen would be opening up her own studio, right there in the wilderness. She was going to offer a special kind of photography. Her photo shoots were going to be far from conventional, but they would be beautiful. She had already done several shoots before deciding to make it her full focus. She had captured the passionate and raw sides of individuals, relationships, and even childbirth. Her business was going to be a huge success, mostly due to Gwen's obvious talent and her way with people. Landing on the water in a float plane was an experience Trina would never forget. It's one of those things that you never imagined doing or desired to do. So when you get to do it and find out just how much adrenaline it causes to pump through your veins, you wonder how you, as a major thrill seeker, had missed this. How many other things are out there that could cause this kind of rush that you don't know about? Gwen, true to her word, was waiting for Trina at the dock, with her long blonde hair cascading down her back, wearing a long wool coat that reached her ankles, and a wide straw hat sitting on top of her head. Trina had to stifle a giggle when she realized this was exactly how she had imagined her. Trina's appearance was quite a contrast as she stepped off the plane in her newly purchased winter attire straight from the sporting goods store her cocoa skin and dark curly hair glowing in the sunlight. Oh my God, Gwen exclaimed as she ran to embrace Trina. I may never let you leave. It's been too long. I know, Trina replied. I may not want to leave. It's beautiful here. She said in wonder as she looked around now that she was actually surrounded by the wilderness. It is beautiful here. But this is only the tip of the iceberg. Wait until we go hiking up into the mountains. The views are breathtaking, Gwen said as she grabbed one of Trina's bags and began to lead her to the SUV. So when are we going on this hike? Trina asked as she climbed into the passenger seat. The day after tomorrow, when Jasper gets back with supplies. You will love it. I'm going to take so many pictures of you, Gwen warned with a huge smile that lit up her face. One last adventure before the wedding. The snow-covered road to the cabin was bumpy, but Trina barely noticed. She was too busy enjoying the excited chatters they caught up on the latest happenings in each of their lives. I arrived yesterday. I wanted to air the place out before you got to see it for the first time. We worked so hard getting it ready, and now we can finally call it home, Gwen explained exuberantly. I'm very happy for you, Gwen and I can't wait to see the place," Trina stated sincerely. She then turned to take in the scenery, and that's when she remembered the half-naked man she had seen earlier. Hey, I saw the craziest thing from the plane earlier. 
I was looking down at the forest when I saw a half-naked man running through the trees. I know it sounds crazy, but if you can come up with a reasonable explanation for why anyone would be naked in this frigid weather, I am willing to listen, she told Gwen. Are you sure it just hasn't been too long since you had a boyfriend? Gwen giggled. Trina smiled. That's a possibility. It's definitely been a while. Maybe it was a Yeti, Gwen offered, still being silly. Trina pretended to be thinking about it and then answered, No, way too skinny to be a Yeti, and he had long hair, but only on his head. Gwen, more serious now. Really, though, there were a couple of hikers that came through yesterday right after I arrived. It may have been one of them. They both had lots of tattoos. One of them had them clear up to his chin. I have no idea who else it could have been. But if it's a hot guy, I hope he doesn't make it by the cabin. Because Jasper is bringing you back a surprise. And I think you're going to like him. Oh no. Trina groaned. Not another blind date. Gwen, you know me. And you know I know how to pick them. Remember Landon, our junior year? Well, you guys hit it off so well that you dated for an entire year. I did that. I fixed you guys up, remember? Yeah, I remember, but I also remember how it ended. Just then, the cabin came into view, and the conversation dropped. It was quite beautiful. Trina was in awe of the detail Jasper had put into the design. It looked like something you would see in a Slavic fairy tale, right down to the roof that looked thatched, but with a modern twist. This place is breathtaking, Gwen she said sincerely. Excitedly, Gwen replied, Wait until you see the inside. After grabbing the suitcases, Trina followed Gwen inside. If a place could ever be a perfect match for a person's personality, this place was it. The interior screamed Gwen. The furniture was a mixture of rattan and wicker. There were macrame rugs, decorative pillows with earthy patterns and colors, and there were plants everywhere. Wow. Well, it's obvious who did the interior decoration. It's gorgeous in here as well. Trina paid the compliment honestly. I can't imagine how many plane trips it took to get all of this here. I lost count, Gwen laughed. Come on, let me show you the rest of the house. Later that evening, after dinner, Trina and Gwen stepped out onto the front porch to watch the sunset. I still can't get over how beautiful it is here, Trina said. You know it's near impossible to catch a sunset in Beijing, with the smog and all. I can't even remember why I thought it was a good idea to move there. Oh yeah, the money. But I could really get used to this, even if it is colder than a well digger's ass, she laughed. Gwen just smiled, taking in the beauty of the moment. The colors of the sky were breathtaking, a mix of oranges and pinks that seemed to blend together perfectly. It was one of the many reasons why she had chosen to start her new life out here in the wilderness. She had grown up out here, and she knew that there was so much beauty to be found in the simplicity of nature. As they stood there in silence, drinking in the peacefulness, Trina suddenly gasped. There he is! 
the half-naked man, she exclaimed, pointing down the hill towards the forest. Gwen looked in the direction Trina was pointing, and sure enough, she saw him. A man with long, dark, stringy hair, dressed only in a pair of tattered pants, was watching them from the forest. How is he standing out there half-naked when the temps are so low, and the ground is covered in snow? Do you think we should see if he needs help? Trina commented. Gwen thought for a moment before answering. I've lived a good part of my life out here since I was a kid, and I've never seen anything quite this strange. I think if he needs help, he will come to us. Just then the man began laughing hysterically, the sound traveling up the hillside. Okay, that's enough weirdness for me, Gwen stated as she rose. Let's go inside and lock up. Yep, me too. Trina didn't hesitate to follow Gwen inside, where they locked the door behind them and then checked the other doors and windows to make sure they were all locked as well. As Trina and Gwen secured the cabin, the strange laughter of the man continued to echo through the forest. It was an eerie sound that sent shivers down their spines. They exchanged glances, both feeling a mixture of curiosity and unease. Gwen decided to call Jasper, who was due back soon with supplies. She explained the situation to him, describing the half-naked man and his unsettling laughter. Jasper warned them to be cautious and promised that he would keep an eye out for anything unusual when he returned. As the night deepened and the cabin was enveloped in darkness, Trina and Gwen tried to put the bizarre encounter out of their minds. They lit a cozy fire in the cabin's fireplace and huddled together, sharing stories and reminiscing about their college days. However, the strange man remained at the edge of their thoughts, like an unsettling presence just beyond their awareness. Occasionally, they thought they heard faint rustling sounds outside, but every time they looked out the windows, there was nothing there. Finally, fatigue and the warmth of the fire began to take their toll. Gwen suggested they retire for the night, promising that everything would likely seem less ominous in the morning light. They made their way to their respective bedrooms, trying to shake off the unease that had settled over them. Trina lay in her bed, staring up at the wooden ceiling, her mind racing with thoughts of the strange man and the eerie laughter. Despite her efforts, sleep eluded her. Hours passed and the cabin remained still and quiet. Just as Trina was starting to drift off, she was jolted awake by an odd scraping sound coming from outside her window. Her heart raced as she listened intently, the sound growing louder and more distinct. Cautiously, Trina got out of bed and approached the window, her breath catching in her throat as she saw a figure standing there. It was the same man they had seen earlier, his pale skin almost glowing in the moonlight. He was scraping the glass with his fingers. Trina's fear spiked and she stumbled back from the window, her mind racing. She rushed to Gwen's room and woke her up, explaining the situation urgently. Gwen's eyes widened with alarm. And without a word, she grabbed a flashlight and a small air horn that they had for emergencies. Together, they made their way back to Trina's room and shined the flashlight out the window. The man was still there, his eyes reflecting the light like those of an animal caught in the beam. He continued his strange scraping, seemingly undeterred by their presence. 
Gwen stepped forward and blasted the air horn, the piercing sound cutting through the night. The man flinched and stumbled back, his expression a mix of surprise and confusion. Without waiting, Gwen hit the horn again, and this time the man turned and fled into the forest, disappearing into the shadows. Trina and Gwen watched for a few moments, their hearts pounding in their chests. The air horn had seemed to startle the man, but they had no idea who he was or what his intentions might have been. Gwen checked the locks on the windows and doors once more, and they huddled in the living room, keeping a watchful eye on the surroundings. The remainder of the night passed without further incident, but sleep remained elusive. Several times throughout the night, the man's laughter could be heard from outside. It was close at first, but grew more distant as morning approached. As dawn broke, the tension began to ease slightly. They discussed their options and decided to wait for Jasper's return before deciding on any further actions. Trina couldn't shake the feeling that they had encountered something otherworldly, something beyond their understanding. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Today's disturbingly bizarre and very terrifying creature comes from Inuit folklore a broad population of indigenous peoples of the Arctic, whose folklore doesn't get enough recognition in my opinion. So let's get to know the Inuit people a little bit first. Inuit means the people in the language Inuktitut. Though some Inuit populations use regional dialects and more specific terms for their communities, the most notable population of Inuit peoples lives in northern Canada, in Nunagat, a territory of recognized indigenous land, which is further divided into four primary regions. An international committee called the Inuit Circumpolar Council represents the Inuit populations of Alaska, Canada, Greenland, and Russia. The Inuit peoples are brought together by shared values, including a worldview based on the relationship between humans and nature represented in animism. To broach this relationship, the Inuit traditionally rely on a tradition of shamanism. Animism and shamanism are therefore important tenets in Inuit mythology. Inuit folklore and legends also vary between regions, 
The most well-known stories tend to come from the Greenland Inuit populations, whose legends and mythology sometimes blend with the traditions of Scandinavian explorers who settled in Greenland. Similar to Christian beliefs and other religions, the Inuit also believe in demons, and the demon we are going to discuss today is no laughing matter. The Inuit know this demon as the Mahaha, a crazed creature that has produced fear and caused terror in parts of the Arctic for centuries. This monster is described as having ice-blue skin and a thin, sinewy body that is cold to the touch. It has piercing white eyes and long, stringy hair that is dirty and always hangs in the creature's face. The demon is said to always be grinning and laughing, and seems to be unbothered by the intense cold of its Arctic home which is not surprising since it's always seen barefoot and nearly naked. One of its most frightening abilities is to freeze its prey with its deathly cold touch. The demon is a well-known feature in many Inuit tales and is usually depicted in a mischievous fashion, evilly giggling and taking pleasure in the demise of its victims. You will probably hear it before you see it. If you don't like being tickled, you'll definitely hate this demon. It's often referred to as Mahaha the Tickler, and in many versions of the tales, the Mahaha experiences intense pleasure from tickling unsuspecting victims to death with its long, sharp claws. As its claws touch the victim's skin, with each tickle, a strip of flesh is torn away until the victim bleeds to death. Inuit elders are said to claim that all those who are killed by the Mahaha are left with the same expression on their face in death. A cold and pained frozen smile. If you want to defeat the Mahaha, you must outsmart it. And this is the case in one Inuit tale. The Mahaha was terrorizing an aboriginal tribe in the Arctic region, and the people came up with a plan to fool the creature. They lured the demon to a river and tricked it into bending over to take a drink. When the Mahaha bent over, the people pushed the demon into the water, and it was taken away in the strong currents. So the one thing you really need to remember is that the Mahaha is not very bright. You might ask it to have one last drink with you before it tickles you to death, and when it follows you to the water, wait for it to bend over and push it in. As the sun rose into the sky, Gwen asked Trina over coffee if she wanted to ride with her to pick up Jasper at the dock. Of course, Trina eagerly accepted not having any desire to remain at the cabin alone, with the crazy laughing man possibly still out there somewhere. Do you think he's still out there? Trina asked reluctantly. I don't know, but I'll feel much better when Jasper's here. He has a couple of guns locked in a safe in our room, Gwen answered. I know how to shoot them. I just don't like to. Well, hopefully there will be no need for that. Maybe Jasper being here will be enough to scare that weirdo off if he comes back, Trina suggested. The morning went by fast as Trina sat in Gwen's studio while she showed off the work she had done since the last time they were together. Her pictures were even better than before. Trina was truly impressed. Right before noon, 
They loaded up in the Jeep and headed to the dock to wait for Jasper's arrival. But they were in luck. The plane was already landing as they pulled up. Jasper stepped out of the plane, followed by another man. Trina's breath caught in her throat at the sight of him. He was ruggedly handsome, with jet black hair and a beard to match. His skin and eyes were also dark. She caught herself wondering if he was from one of the groups of Aboriginal peoples from the First Nations. Gwen ran and flung her arms around Jasper, giving him a welcoming hug, and then he turned to Trina. Hi, Trina, Jasper said in greeting. It's good to see you. I hope you had a good trip. She didn't answer immediately, and he chuckled when he realized she was staring at his guest, who was standing just behind him, with a goofy smile plastered on his face staring back at Trina. This is Mike. He's my good friend, and he's going to be our hiking guide tomorrow. Jasper began explaining but was interrupted when Mike stepped forward and extended his hand to Trina. Nice to meet you. I'm Trina, she offered up quickly as she reached and accepted his hand. They headed back to the cabin as soon as the supplies were loaded into the Jeep. Trina and Mike had instantly hit it off and talked all the way back to the cabin. She learned that he was 32, single, and is a hiking guide that travels all around the world, but spends most of his time in northern Canada and Alaska. He had been born in Canada. His mother was Inuk, of the Inuit people, and that Mike was his nickname, because his birth name was too hard for most people to pronounce. She in turn told him everything she could about herself. If this was a blind date, then it may end up being the best one she ever had. Once back at the cabin, Jasper and Gwen put the supplies away while Trina and Mike continued to get acquainted. It wasn't long before Mike brought up the incident the night before. So, I heard you ladies had a little trouble last night. Yeah, we did, Trina replied, and then she began explaining to him what had happened, complete with a description of the man's appearance. Gwen and Jasper joined them in the living room while they were talking. You know, if this guy's out there running around nearly naked, he's going to have some serious frostbite issues, Jasper commented. It's interesting, though, Mike added. Everything you told me sounds very similar to something my mother used to tell me about as a kid. Really? Gwen said. Do tell. Well, Inuit folklore tells of a demon-like creature called the Mahaha. My mom used to tell me about it, probably just to keep me from staying out in the cold or straying too far from home in the winter. It's said to look very similar to the way you describe this man. Skinny, long stringy hair, bluish skin, and always mostly naked. And if that isn't weird enough, he laughs constantly. That's creepy. But should we be worried? Is the creature dangerous? Trina asked. If it's real, then it's definitely dangerous. But I personally believe it's just a story told to children. I'm not sure who this guy is, but I don't think it's some demon from a children's story. Mike insisted. Let's talk about the hike tomorrow, Jasper chimed in, changing the subject. 
And that's how they spent the rest of their evening, planning their hike the next day. They were up at the crack of dawn, getting their gear and supplies packed. The hike was only going to take a couple of days, but in the cold winter conditions, they had to make sure they were completely prepared. Bundled up in layers and insulated clothing, snowshoes strapped to their feet, they embarked on a journey that promised both challenges and breathtaking beauty. The trail began at the edge of the dense coniferous forest, where towering spruces and firs stand adorned with blankets of snow. The path marked by wooden signposts barely peeking above the snowdrifts, when through a tranquil landscape that seems frozen in time. The crisp air carried the scent of pine, and the only sounds were the soft crunch of snow beneath boots and the occasional rustle of wildlife hidden in the underbrush. As they ventured deeper into the wilderness, the trees gradually thinned out, revealing an expansive meadow beneath a vast blue sky. They stopped to take a break and refuel with a shared bag of trail mix and a thermos of coffee. Man, there's nothing like getting some much-needed wilderness therapy, Jasper exclaimed as he looked across the snow-covered meadow with snowy mountains lining the horizon. Mike agreed. Yeah, this feels more like home to me than four walls and a roof. Trina was adjusting her backpack straps and listening to their exchange, when she thought she heard laughter, but it seemed off in the distance. Did you guys hear that? She asked. Hear what? Jasper asked back. She didn't want to answer, because she was afraid they would think she was paranoid. But finally, hesitantly, she said, Laughing. I thought I heard someone laughing. Actually, Gwen spoke up. I thought I heard it too. I just didn't want to say anything until I was sure. Jasper reached into his backpack and pulled out a shiny pistol. If that crazy man, or anything else for that matter, tries to bother us, I have us covered. Gwen inhaled suddenly at the sight of the gun. You know I hate that thing, Jasper. But I guess it does make me feel a little better that you brought it. The group continued their hike, the laughter lingering in the back of their minds like an unsettling presence. Despite their unease, the beauty of the winter landscape around them couldn't be denied. The snow-covered meadows stretched out like a pristine canvas, and the towering mountains in the distance seemed to touch the sky. As they ascended higher into the mountains, the air grew crisper and the snowdrifts deeper. Mike led the way, his experience as a hiking guide evident in his confident steps, and the way he navigated the terrain. Trina found herself appreciating his presence even more, feeling safer with someone who knew the wilderness so well. Throughout the day, they encountered the occasional tracks of wildlife in the snow. Foxes, rabbits, and even a set of large prints that could have belonged to a wolf. But there was no sign of the mysterious man that Gwen and Trina had encountered. The laughter, too, seemed to have faded into the distance. As the sun began its descent, casting long shadows across the landscape, Mike suggested they make camp for the night. They found a sheltered spot beneath a cluster of pine trees and set to work pitching their tents and gathering firewood. The campfire crackled to life, casting a warm glow against the snow. 
Sitting around the fire wrapped in blankets, the group shared stories and laughter, allowing the camaraderie to ease their worries. As the night grew darker, the conversation turned to the strange man and his laughter. Despite their earlier dismissals, they couldn't shake off the feeling that there was something unusual about the encounter. I know it sounds crazy, Trina began hesitantly, but what if there's some truth to the folklore Mike mentioned? What if there's some connection between that story and what we saw? Gwen looked pensive. It's a possibility, I suppose. Folklore often has its roots in real experiences, even if they've been exaggerated over time. Mike chimed in. True, but it's important not to jump to conclusions. We don't have enough evidence to determine if it's something supernatural or just a person with eccentric behavior. Jasper added, In any case, we'll keep a watchful eye tonight. We're in a group, and we have protection. If anything happens, we'll be prepared. The night passed relatively peacefully, with the occasional hoot of an owl or a distant howl of a wolf. The group took turns keeping watch, and the darkness eventually gave way to the pale light of dawn. They continued their hike that day, moving deeper into the mountains and exploring the untouched landscape. Mike pointed out various landmarks and shared his knowledge of flora and fauna that called this area home. The worries of the previous days seemed to dissipate as the group immersed themselves in the majesty of nature. On the second night of their hike, as they sat around the campfire once again, the topic of the strange man came up once more. Trina felt a mixture of curiosity and trepidation, unable to shake off the feeling that they were being watched. Just as they were about to turn in for the night, a sound carried on the wind, a distant, echoing laughter. Trina's heart skipped a beat as she exchanged a quick glance with Gwen. The laughter grew louder, closer, until it seemed to be coming from the surrounding forest. Mike's eyes narrowed, his gaze fixed on the darkness beyond the fire's glow. Stay calm, he said in a low voice. We're not alone out here. Jasper grabbed his pistol, and Gwen held tightly to her air horn. The group huddled closer together. Their senses heightened, and the laughter continued, a haunting sound that seemed to pierce the night. And then, stepping out from the shadows, the figure appeared, skin pale as snow, long hair cascading over his shoulders, and eyes that glittered with an otherworldly light. It stood there, half-naked, its body appearing unaffected by the cold. Mike spoke with authority, his voice steady. Who are you? Why are you following us? Before anyone could react, the figure began to giggle, a sinister sound, and then he lunged at Trina, his fingers like ice as they closed around her wrist. She screamed, the sound echoing through the night, as the creature pulled her with inhuman strength and speed, kicking and screaming into the forest. Trina's terrified screams filled the air as the figure dragged her deeper into the darkness of the forest. She struggled against his grip, her heart pounding in her chest as she realized the true danger she was in. 
The creature's fingers were like icy vices around her wrist, and she could feel the razor-like claws digging into her skin. Back at the campfire, Mike and Jasper sprang into action as soon as Trina began screaming. They exchanged a quick glance, their instincts kicking in, and without a moment's hesitation, they charged after the figure. Following the sound of Trina's screams, they turned to tormented laughter echoing through the trees. Trina was thrown roughly onto the ground, where she landed with a thud that knocked the breath out of her. Snow filled her eyes and mouth. She wiped her eyes frantically trying to see to defend herself. But once she got her vision back, she found herself nose to nose with a hideous, smiling corpse. It looked like a young man, close to her age. All she could see was from his chest up. His chest was a frozen mess of bloody ribbons. His skin, all the way up to the top of his neck, was covered in tattoos. She remembered the hikers Gwen had told her about, and she knew that this was one of them. Suddenly, she was flipped onto her back, and before she knew it, she was being tickled fiercely. Not like when you're small and your parents tickle you, but disgustingly different. The touch of this creature's long claws on her stomach made her feel the need to laugh so strongly that it was painful and impossible to fight. She watched as her jacket and then her shirt was shredded to pieces, and finally, her skin itself began to give way one slice at a time. Finally, Mike and Jasper burst into a small clearing, their breaths heavy in the frosty air. And there, before them, stood the creature, his pale skin illuminated by the moonlight, his eyes gleaming with a manic intensity. Trina was pinned against a tree, her laughter a mixture of fear and desperation, blood running down her sides and staining the snow. Without hesitation, Mike and Jasper lunged at the creature. Jasper's pistol aimed squarely at its chest. The creature turned toward them, its expression shifting from amusement to fury. And with a swipe of his clawed hand, he sent Jasper's pistol flying. Mike swung a large branch at the creature, trying to force it away from Trina. But the creature moved with an unnatural agility, dodging the blow effortlessly. As the creature advanced on them, its claws glinting menacingly, Mike and Jasper fought back with all their strength. The struggle was intense, each movement fueled by adrenaline and the desperate need to protect Trina. But the creature's razor-sharp claws were formidable, and they managed to land a few cuts on both Mike and Jasper. Despite their injuries, Mike and Jasper refused to back down. They continued to fight, landing solid blows, and doing their best to keep the creature away from Trina. And then, in a moment of desperation, Trina herself joined the fray. She grabbed a fallen branch and swung it at the creature with all her might, catching it off guard and giving Mike and Jasper the opening they needed. Together, the three of them managed to overpower the creature, driving it back with a combination of brute force and determination. The creature let out an otherworldly well of frustration, its pale form disappearing into the shadows of the forest. And then, maniacal laughter began to fill the forest again. But this time, it was fading into the distance. Breathing heavily, Mike, Jasper, and Trina stood together in the clearing. 
their hearts still racing from the intense encounter. Trina's wrist and stomach were bleeding from the creature's clawed attack, and both Mike and Jasper bore cuts and bruises from the struggle. Are you okay? Mike asked, his concern evident in his voice as he approached Trina. She nodded, still trembling from the adrenaline coursing through her veins. Yeah, thanks to both of you. Jasper retrieved his pistol from where it had fallen and holstered it. We couldn't just stand by and let that thing hurt you. Gwen had joined them by now, having heard the commotion. What happened? Is everyone all right? And then she noticed the blood staining Trina's clothes. Oh God, are you okay? Yeah, it's not as bad as it looks, but if it hadn't been for these two, I would have ended up like that guy over there. Trina pointed towards the body of the dead hiker with the horrifying smile frozen on his face. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Destination Terror, hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. Tune in next week as we discuss the Yowie, an ape-like cryptid found in Australian folklore that has been sighted multiple times but not yet proven to exist. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one. <laughs>